to another episode of Top Year, the only podcast brave enough to give you a definitive and unbiased ranking of the last 150 years of history. This week on Top Year. Albert Spaulding. Balls. What? <laughs> Balls. <laughs> Balls. Uh, yeah, Wilson. Balls indeed. He made the Statue of Liberty disappear. How? <laughs> I don't know, green screen? <laughs> yes. Oh, what? That's a donkey with a cat smile. <laughs> it's versatile. It's very versatile. I saw an eel somewhat recently. <laughs> was it in a suit or? Was it in Parramatta? <laughs> no, it was in a oh. cave in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> what was it doing in there? It was just swimming. What were you doing it was in there? long and black. <laughs> <laughs> So sit back, relax, throw away your history books, and enjoy episode 34 of Top Year. Welcome back to season two of Top Year, where we dig deeper into the past than your grandma digging through her purse for that elusive mint. So, grab your time-travelling fedora and buckle up, because we're about to make history both informative and hilarious. Let's turn those dusty textbooks into comedy gold. Is that the new intro? (laughs) What? That, my friends, is from ChatGPT. That was sick. I didn't just create that, unfortunately. What was the thing about the grandma? The elusive mint. Yeah. So yeah, welcome back to season two of Top Year. Oh, we left it on such a cliffhanger, so it's it's good to finally be back for season two. Season of the Elusive Mint. Mm. That's what I've heard. Yep, we're back bigger, stronger, faster, uh, uh, wiser. Smarter. Yeah. <laughs> did, you always, did you boys have a nice break? Yeah, it was very delightful. I had a nice break. I had an awful break. <gasps> what? I was... Spend the whole time in the history textbooks <laughs> researching for this exact deeply moment. for this moment. Mm. Um, so I'm glad that it's finally arrived. I couldn't imagine anything more fun. I mean, it was up there, <laughs> it was up there with the best. Lovely, oh. in the books. Wow, yeah, in the books. How are you guys feeling today on this super hot day? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's quite sweaty, yeah, it's really sweaty <laughs> in, the, in the top of your corner. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling quite uh, optimistic. Nice. For the year ahead. I'm excited. Um, I think it's going to be a good one. Mm. I'm, I'm feeling feverishly excited. That's two words. <laughs> two words. Nice. My word was feverish. So, mm. yeah. Um, I'm feeling resplendent, <laughs> <laughs> which means shining brilliantly. Oh. With <laughs> sweat. Is that from Chad? Uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Chad gave that to me. Our good friend Chad. We've been giving him a bit of a workout this morning. I feel Chad, like we uh, haven't used it much, though. No, definitely Besides, not. like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, I've used it for something else that I'm going to mention on the podcast. I mean, this is the first episode that's coming out in 2024. Wow. And I don't know about you boys, but I maybe had some New Year's resolutions. Yeah. A couple of things to work on. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what a better way yeah. to tell us. Well, I'm not going to tell you my resolutions. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I'm, I was like, this is Chad's? I was like, what are some other <laughs> resolutions that people might have um, to maybe inspire those listening if they didn't have one? 
to uh, <laughs> to maybe pick up one of these. Mm-hmm. So here are a couple of uh, suggestions for New Year's resolutions for mm-hmm. 2024. First one, pretty straightforward. Master a weird skill. <laughs> Is there an example of any weird skill? It does. It says oh. juggling, fire eating, or extreme hula hooping. Whoa. All right. So I'll do extreme... What was it? Shotgun juggling. <laughs> oh, man. Under the I'm fire eating. Oh. oh. I'll, I'll cop it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hula hooping or are you hula hooping? I'm juggling. I'm hula hooping. All right. All right. We'll check back. We'll check back in on and those. And also another New Year's resolution for us. Break a record. We'll yes. We'll get to that later. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh. Have we? We haven't heard anything about okay. it. Oh. Okay. Just another teaser. <laughs> We'll keep you posted. All right, another one. Um, become a plant whisperer. Oh. You know? Yep. You just, just see a plant. Just to hear what they're thinking. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the best on the list, embrace the chaos. Yep. I just like how That's how open-ended that is. <laughs> <laughs> is there a description? There is, but I think it's better without description. <laughs> just embrace the you chaos. You embrace the chaos. You don't need a description of how to do it. Okay. Fair enough. Create yeah. a fantasy alter ego. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I what? think Drake already did that. It says live a day in the life of this alter ego periodically throughout the year. I need to max win. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had a name drop. No, you've already yeah. done it. Yeah. All right, a couple others. Become a professional fortune cookie writer. <laughs> I was hoping you'd stop at cookie. <laughs> professional fortune cookie. <laughs> you've become really crunchy. <laughs> You're the best at what you do. But you have a little you inspiring yeah. message. <laughs> oh, it's too hot to be laughing. Like I know. It's too sweaty. It is good. And, and a couple more. Convince your reflection to swap places. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Like that, that like, what is it? WikiHow image of the guy like <laughs> pointing at <laughs> <in the mirror. laughs> himself. <laughs> and one that's maybe a bit more achievable: grow a garden of square-shaped vegetables. Okay, what? I can I can get behind. So that. maybe there, what there's is a, a square-shaped vegetable. I don't know, man. A, a <laughs> Minecraft, <laughs> Minecraft vegetable. Um, the description not is square, though. Are they? Well, kind of. I guess you, you know what. Yeah, they'd be sure. pretty blocky. If this yeah. helps, the description is transform your backyard into a surreal landscape with vegetables that defy the laws of nature. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I just achieved the impossible. I don't know if that clarifies <laughs> it, but, um, Anyway, Thanks, Chad. feel free to pick up any in any of those. Let us know how they go. Um, we'd love to hear some <laughs> updates yes. throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Mm. What? That's a square watermelon. <laughs> we're, we're looking up square <laughs> fruits and vegetables? No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Anyway, that's all right. We'll grow some. Yes. Report back. Okay. Is it time? To, to officially start again? Is it time in our little garden that we just created? <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Have you even introduced what year we're doing? No. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping them on their toes. It's been a while. I mean, it is in the, in the title, in theory. True. So, so they'll prob- you'll probably know what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Or maybe we don't put it in the title. Ooh. I just won't put the year in this. <laughs> yes, I like that. Just, just new episode. It's all it's called. <laughs> they get real confusing <laughs> so quick. Each week is just a new, new episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> new episode one. <laughs> Maybe it was like a filing uh, system. Yeah. All right. We'll workshop that. Yeah. <laughs> but we thought, what better way to 
to start off season two, then go back, way back, <laughs> all the way to the limit of our uh, our window of yes of research in the age of par- parchment. Mm. <laughs> I, I think, and and quills yeah. with ink, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and <laughs> boats. <laughs> I think there were some boats. Uh, there would have been sailing boats. boats. Yeah, yeah, rowboats. Yep. Pirates even, maybe. Yachts? Yachts. <laughs> Cruise ships? <laughs> maybe. Uh, dinghy. <laughs> it's not <laughs> narrowing it down overly much. Um, we're going all the way back to the year that was 1850. Oh. Yeehaw. That's a long time ago. It is a long time oh, ago. Oh, cowboys. How many years ago was that, <laughs> Wilson? Oh, cowboys. How many years ago? Yeah. So at least four. <laughs> Five. <laughs> You're not wrong. Not wrong at all. I've yeah. been called a genius by a couple people. <laughs> Could <Yep>. name them. <laughs> Just a couple. They exist. Nice. Yeah. In my head. But uh, I've been giving the honor slash uh, <laughs> dishonor <laughs> difficult <laughs> difficult task of researching this year. Um, for those that don't know, we are we're looking at the years throughout history and uh, what happened in them to, to enjoy, to laugh, to learn, um, to cry. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I like that. It is very emotional. It hasn't happened yet. Almost Actually, did. No, it did. In the, in Alfred Lowenstein, I definitely cried. And Margaritaville. Yeah. True. Yeah. That was, yeah. Wow. It's For a roller piece. coaster of emotions. This show. It is. And Carl recently, Carl Weathers. Mm. That was this week, last week. It was like a couple days ago. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But yes, we are looking at years between 1850 and 2024. And so this is the very first, well, the first year, the latest that we'll go back or the earliest that we'll go back, maybe I should say. Um, And I'm excited to dive in. Are you boys ready? Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of excited because this is like, this is the starting point. So in theory, everything can only get better than this. In like a basic way, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to spoil anything too soon, but I don't think this will be super duper high on the year two. That's good. We have we have a couple, you know. It's all up from here. Similar sort of placing in the year two. And I will also say, finding information about things that happened in 1850 (laughs) was slightly (laughs) difficult. There was a few conflicting reports. So Mm. I I just chose to include some things because I was like, that's... That's cool. <laughs> so don't do research on this one. That's no, what saying. do not follow us up. If, if it's wrong. And in our defense, anything that happens before this, we're not talking about. So it's not, they, it would never have come up on the show anyway. But also, you know what? We're rewriting history. We're, we're writing <laughs> a history book currently to like defy all history books or like the history. An audio book. Exactly. So like if we're wrong, it's the new right. We're now right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every piece of history ever. <laughs> yeah. All right. I well, like that. I'm pretty sure I'm Sorry. right about this first thing I'm going to talk about. <laughs> You're pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we like to start with some notable people who were in charge. Uh, and as we always do, we're going to start this episode. We're talking about the president of the United States. Mm. One I'd never heard of before. Oh. Who was it, Carl? Don't you don't have to more memorize? Studying the list. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, maybe. Okay. <sighs> what does his name start with? 
M. What? Michael? No. Mark? No. Matt. You're not going to guess you. it. McDonald? It's a weird name. Millard? <laughs> <laughs> that was the tip of my tongue. Millard Fillmore. Oh, I kind of like Millard, that. Millard Fillard Mi- and the... <laughs> and the Just Millard Fillard. Yeah. Like, yeah. Would be a good band name. Millard Fillard and the Meat Fillard. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd be so inclined. <laughs> I would. All right, Millard Fillmore came in. <laughs> I actually thought his name was Millard Fillard. <laughs> Millard Fillard? <laughs> I did too. I'd, I'd say Millard Fillmore is even better. Oh, it's, I think it is better, but it kind of shocked me to hear Millard <laughs> Fillmore after hearing Millard Fillard for like a minute. All right. He was elected. Well, he came in in 1850. This was his first year. Oh, wow. For a reason that I will talk about a little later on. Okay. And was in until 1853, and he was a member of the Whig Party. <laughs> oh, sick. <laughs> Millard? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's the Whig Party, Max? That's a great question. <laughs> um, it's a, it was based off a party by the same name that was happening in, in, in Britain, in London. Right. Um, and so they were kind of tied together. And interestingly, th- he was the last president not to be affiliated with either the Democrats or the Republican parties. He was associated with the Whigs. He was the Whig man. <laughs> <laughs> Whigman, if you will. Mm. Yes. Yeah. 13th pre- president. And uh, I, I, th- I think I was trying to like find out if he was like a good guy, like not a good guy. Um, and I, I saw that he insisted on the federal enforcement of the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850. Oh. Uh doesn't sound good. Apparently, which alienated the North of America and led to the destruction of the Whig Party. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so he ruined the Whig Party. Was the Whig Party around for three years when he was... No, I think it was around <laughs> for, for longer, but they okay. went, this is the last straw. <laughs> we cannot take any more. Um, but speaking of the Whig Party, we're going over to, uh, to, the, to the British Prime Minister, Lord John Russell. Wow. Nice. Also in the Whig Party. What? What? <clears throat> so they must have been buddies. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they knew each other. Poor John Russell. Pretty good name. They were in power from 1846 to 1852. And at the time, Queen Victoria was sitting on the throne. The first. Wow. Yeah. Now, as we know, Australia hadn't been colonised and made into the, the country that it is today. So... Unfortunately, no, no big Australia facts. Yeah, it was just out there. One coming later, but it was there. They and were just hit, chilling. Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, they were chilling. They were chilling. Mm. Um, the population of the world sitting around one point two five to one point two six billion. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, but I guess I guess it was a whole world. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? True. <laughs> when you put it like that, yeah. <laughs> it really makes you think. Yeah. Yeah. There was the whole world. Wasn't like you might only have facts for a certain couple of countries, but there was a lot of things happening. There was a lot of there was a lot of there was a lot of countries. Mm. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Some popular slang that people were throwing around in eighteen fifty. Uh all of which I imagine people would use today. So maybe the website was lying to me. First being ankle biter. <laughs> <laughs> to refer to a child. Those little ankle biters. 
I kind of like that. That was some slang. Mm. That was commonly used. On the street, that's what they were saying. (laughs) They weren't saying kids. They were saying ankle biters. You little ankle biter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They were using the term buck to refer to a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) So... Had a couple bucks really back then. Formed Australian culture. Mm. Wow, yep. that stuck around. Yeah, uh, when they were when they were sending things off or or giving things the go ahead, they were saying "let her rip." <laughs> Apparently, what? Which seems maybe That's ahead of sick. their time. Yeah, Beyblades just like took off. Let her rip. <laughs> Let her rip. And my personal favorite to come from this year, uh, comeuppance. Oh, what? Great word. Mm-hmm. Wow. Comeuppance. When someone finds their comeuppance, oh, it's a nice word. Yeah, I can't, it's so it's quite satisfying. Mm. So feel free to add that into your vernaculars. Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> I'll scribble it down. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Yeah. Mm. Yep. <laughs> now, comeuppance. Oh, it's, a lovely, it's just a lovely word. Exactly. I'm telling you, it's nice to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rolls off the tongue. Yes, it does. Yeah. Now, pop- yeah. apparently, around 1850, the population was starting to to grow. I mean, it's been growing for a long, long time. I guess the whole time. There was a whole world. So yeah, there yeah. is a whole world. Yeah. Uh, and when people were having babies in 1850, this is what they were being named. Oh. <laughs> John. Yeah. Michael. No. <laughs> William. Yes. Uh, Jack. Uh, no. Jackson. No. No, I, I don't know why I made it sound close. For the lads, William, John, Thomas, George, and James. Damn, that's That's like just, that's the classics. Yeah. 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 And some classics for the ladies too. Mary, Elizabeth, (laughs) Sarah, Anne, and Jane. Yep. Classic. Just keeping it a buck. Keeping a buck, whatever they say. Letting them rip. Yep. (laughs) Just getting comeuppance. (laughs) (laughs) A couple of little ankle biters called Elizabeth running around. Yep. But there were some other ankle bars running around. It's <laughs> a nice segue into some famous people who were born Ooh. in 1850. A couple who are, I'm going to say the name, and I want you to guess why, like, why I, I mention them. The first one, not really. Robert Louis Stevenson is an author, wrote some very famous things. But then we had uh, Jasper Newton Daniel, commonly known as Jack Daniel. I was going to oh, say. There you go. Jackie D. The man himself. Mm. And this is one of those things where I don't know if it was 1850. <laughs> Apparently various places say 1846, 1849 and 1850. Because a fire destroyed the courthouse and burnt down all the records. Oh. And right. his mum died shortly after his birth, which is quite sad. So nobody really knows when he was born. Jack Daniels. When Al Coleman yeah. was born. Mm. Damn. But wow. It's wild. We're glad he was born. Uh, actually <laughs> Yes Moving on Alright here's one Albert Spaulding Balls What? <laughs> Balls? <laughs> Balls uh, Yeah Wilson Balls indeed What? No I'm Do, what, do I got to guess? No no the, the ball Wilson From the Castaway <laughs> Oh That's not a Spaulding ball Oh it's a Wilson That's ball That's a Wilson ball <laughs> I thought it was just a nice name, you know. Oh, thanks. Nice man. name for a ball. But Albert Spaulding was born. He was a baseball player and a, a sporting good manufacturer. Do you make balls? Yeah. Cool. A lot of basketballs, I think, are Spaulding, right? Yeah. Dude, how do you not know that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Can I say, I think there is actually a, phil- uh, a philosophy course in how do you actually know that? And then the answer, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> As you were. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Surely you're going to get this one. Thomas Johnston Lipton. Ice tea. I, is he an ice teaman? He was a teaman. A teaman. Indeed. True, yeah. He was a merchant, apparently. <laughs> 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 he sold the merch. What a good guy. Just... And again, might have been born in 1848, oh. but other places said 1850, so we're including him in. Also, eight, nice. 1848 is where we're better than that. We don't we don't we don't dabble in that in that year. So they were the dark ages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 1848. We don't go back that far until like top year season six, when we have to <laughs> when we're scraping the bottom of it's the like barrel for content. <laughs> ancient history. <laughs> Pty pre top year. Ty after oh. top year. I like that. I mean, eighteen fifty is the year one. Yes, to <laughs> <laughs> retime. This is when all time began. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I feel like we like having weird names on this podcast, and I feel like we we hadn't had many weird ones for a while. So I just wanted I wanted to include this one because I thought it was fun. Hamo Thorny Crops. <laughs> Or maybe it's Hamo, Hamo Thornycroft. Oh, yeah. Thornycroft. Yeah. Wow. Full name, Sir William Hamo Thornycroft. Hamo. <laughs> That's a great name. That's wild. They were a sculptor. Oh, wow. Responsible for some of London's best known statues, including the statue of Oliver Cromwell. Oh, That's what? also a good name. We all know yeah. that one, yeah. that statue. Hamo. <laughs> Hamo. <laughs> so... We'll add that to the, ne- the list of, uh, of good names. Um, now for some deaths. Mm. A what lot of people are even more niche. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> this means they were born in like the 1700s. 1700s. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we had the death of Zachary Taylor, who was the 12th US president. Before, oh, is that why... Uh, what's his face? Millard Fillmore. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that why Hamo Thornwell... Became prime president. No. <laughs> Close <laughs> enough, though. Um, but on the 4th of July, 1850, poor Zachary Taylor consumed copious amounts of cherries and iced milk. <laughs> <laughs> cherries and cream. And he was, he was at a party, he was at a celebration um, at, the, at the Washington Monument, which was under construction. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he was... He was chowing down on the cherries and <laughs> the ice That's milk. what killed him. <laughs> My gosh. Essentially a strawberry ice cream apparently, which was like a new kind of thing. Maybe he was lactose intolerant and didn't realise. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Pooed his guts out. Well, apparently he started getting really sick with digestive ailment. Oh my gosh, he actually might be lactose yeah, intolerant. They initially thought it was gastroenteritis. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, yeah, and then a few days later on the 9th of July, he passed away. Oh, no. Damn. Poor Just guy. too hard. Eating strawberry ice cream and cherries. <laughs> Oof. Bad way to go. I would say it's a pretty good way to go, actually. Yeah. Just yeah. Of its ice cream. Yeah, but the days after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty awful. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. Mm. All right. And one more, another one that I think you'll be able to guess by the name. Uh, Mary Tussaud. Uh-huh. Madam. Were they a sculptor as well? Also, they were indeed a wax sculptor. 
uh, and they created Madame Tussauds. Wow. Madame. Which is, I've never been and I have no desire to go. No, yeah. neither. It's an interesting attraction. Have you been? No, sir. Oh. And I have no desire. How many are there around the world? There's actually a lot, I yeah. think. It's, it's I've heaps. driven past the one in Sydney so many times. But what's the appeal? Like you go and you go, yep, that looks <laughs> like, like, looks like, like that person. <laughs> Can you touch them? True. No. Oh, because like, they're wax, eh? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I just found this as another random fact, which I thought was quite funny. Uh, Mary Tussauds was featured as a minor character and quest giver in the video <laughs> game Assassin's Creed Unity. Wow. Which okay. takes place during the French Revolution. Cool. Huh. Which They'll give you a quest. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, you need to go, go get me some wax. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> or else the assassin won't be the creed. I don't know. And make his, his wrinkles accurate. That's probably what you say, I don't know. <laughs> it's wrinkles. No, the rock has no wrinkles. You gotta get the forehead kind of dimples right there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Get the eye, eyebrow the going perfectly. Mm. Yep. That'd be sick. All right. In terms of. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, in terms of some songs and books and some other pop culture, oof. Slim Pickens. <laughs> um, <laughs> Damn. Bit of a callback to uh, yes. that one guy who did that thing. <laughs> Can't remember what he did. Um, <laughs> This was the early romantic period for music. Wow. And it birthed the absolute classic Camp Town Races. Anybody remember that song? I think if you heard it, you would recognize it. Can we like legally play that? Probably not. <laughs> How does it go? Max? I'm going to embarrass myself by singing it for you now. It's the one that's like. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah I do know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Sing some nods. That song came out this year. It's a minstrel song by American romantic composer <laughs> Stephen Foster. <laughs> minstrel. minstrel. It's a minstrel song, mm. uh, which means... Stephen Foster. Uh, oh, it's an American form of theatre. So it's kind of like a theatre song. I like it. Uh, the song is cool. The whole vibe, really, really not cool in oh. the way that it was performed. Um, some people wearing some questionable makeups, shall we say. Uh-huh. So while the song may be very famous, uh, probably not, not the best kind of thing. Hmm. In terms of books, there was only one that I knew. Charles Dickens's David Copperfield. Oh, wow. Interestingly, it was being published as a, as a serial sort of like... Weekly installment. Weekly installment. I swear all books in like this era were all like that. Mm. Maybe people had short attention spans. They could only read like a chapter maybe, at a time. Maybe we've gone like, actually, don't worry. Don't worry. It's just <laughs> the dumbest thought ever. Yeah. Or okay. there wasn't enough parchment <laughs> for a thick. They had to ration it was out. It's being released in like press. a newspaper or something or like a magazine. I think so. Yeah. But then it completed, it got published in book form on November 14th. Of that year. Right. Yeah. How many installments did you, did you see? Uh, no, huh. I didn't see. But it's a pretty decently long book, I think. It is a pretty big book. So it would have been a couple of newspapers. <laughs> what, what's the book about? <laughs> is it about a magician called David Copperfield? <laughs> what? It's, it's such David Copperfield. <laughs> it's just funny that you're looking for a book and that man's come up. <laughs> the guy who walked across the Grand Canyon or something, didn't he? What? Oh, he walked oh. through the Great Wall of China. Isn't that his thing? <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> 
David Seth Kotkin is David Copperfield's real name. There you go. He's won 21 Emmys. For what? What? Magic. <laughs> he stole them, actually. Oh, he just makes them appear on his shelf. Yeah. <laughs> he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. How? <laughs> I don't know, green screen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Big sheet of blue, something. Blue with clouds painted on he it. He levitated a sports car. That's pretty cool. Made a jet disappear. Floated across Float- the- <laughs> Canyon. And then he walked, <laughs> yeah, you were right. He yeah, floated he, across and, he, and walked, he walked through the Great Wall of China. And he did all of this before 1850 so Charles Dickens could write about it. <laughs> That's pretty exactly. cool. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> now, there were some other impressive things that were happening this year in the worlds of science. And, in, and I've, kind of, I've grouped these together with some inventions, I think, because why not? The first one actually doesn't really fit into either of those two categories. I just didn't know where else to mention it. But (laughs) on the 1st of October in 1850, the University of Sydney is founded. Oh, wow. Lovely. The oldest in Australia. Wow. That's pretty cool. It's pretty old. Wait. Okay, sure. (laughs) What What? were you you thinking that you suddenly resolved? I think I stopped listening like for a brief second and I missed Mm. the date. October the 1st? Yeah, okay. Yeah. There you go. Pretty cool. Pretty around for a very long time. Mm. Is that uh, is, is that the oldest university in Australia? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Tis. You probably said that and I wasn't listening like Kyle. I did. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to know both of you guys are really. I was just looking at David Copperfield. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, on July 2nd, Benjamin Lane received an interesting patent uh, for a self-contained breathing apparatus called a gas mask. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. What required that? Like, surely the reason he invented it was because it was needed for something. What was he doing that required a gas mask? <laughs> Is that a really stinky... had <laughs> 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 a sensitive nose. You can't blame yeah. him. True. The original gas mask would have looked so spooky. I bet. It is pretty spooky. <laughs> yeah. I think that was just a gas. I've seen a Doctor Who episode that has... Mm. Yeah. Gas masks in it. I like the Freaky. witch doctor masks, like plague doctor, whatever they're called. Like those are like a form of those are filtrations. I think so, yeah. Yeah, because of the... Anyway, this is well off track. That just made me think of Witch Doctor by David Seville. Oh. <laughs> and, and the chipmunks. And the chipmunks. Nice. Yep. When I was researching this gas mask, I was looking at a photo, and it is pretty creepy, and I saw a photo of a horse wearing one of these gas masks as well. Oh, also, pretty freaky. It'd be pretty long. Because they have a long face, you know? Mm. Mm. I have heard that before. Why? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's like, oh, it looks like oh. a... Ugh. Is this a horse gas mask or... No, it's just a just a normal gas mask. Jeez. Nightmares. Oh, what? That's a donkey with a gas mask. <laughs> <laughs> it's versatile. It's very versatile. There's a website that outlines the definitive gas mask buyer's guide. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, uh, mirror safety Not very interesting oh, but yeah. Not the gas mask social <laughs> <laughs> We can make that Okay yeah, How about freaky, How sorry. about this for something that was Invented in 1850 Blew my mind seeing this The dishwasher What? <laughs> yeah <laughs> Was it oh, what, what was it? Like a So they got the paint in, in 1850 This guy Joel Horton And it was a wooden box it has a hand-turned wheel 
and it splashes water on dishes. And to quote, it had scrubbers. <laughs> oh, that'd be so bad to clean. Nice. Yeah. A wooden scrubbers. box constantly getting filled with water and like... Just food. sounds like things would break. Sounds like it'd just get so dank. Yeah. Yeah. But... Moldy. Dishwashers in 1850. It's pretty cool. Surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, also something that surprised me, in July 14th, this guy John Gorry uh, makes the first public demonstration of his ice-making machine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because they had Making to transport slushies. ice by boat um, from where it was kind of cold, whatever. He <laughs> was like, oh, I'm going to make artificial ice, which was first made in 1844. Artificial ice. Yeah. And in 1845, he gave up his medical practice to pursue refrigeration. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I think we have a lot. We owe a lot to this man. What's his name? Josh. So John. Uh, John Gorey. John Gorey. That's a good, good name. In 1850, he was able to routinely produce ice the size of bricks. Wow. What? I don't know how. <laughs> but he was... What for? What a year for... An I think for like for shipping around. Like inventions. Keep it in oh, the yeah, right. Stack them up. Wow. Stack them up. So that's pretty cool. And a bit more on the sciencey side, this last one, but uh, a guy called Rudolf Clausius. <laughs> Ooh, sick name. Great name. Uh, published an interesting paper on the mechanical theory of heat, which first states the basic idea of the second law of thermodynamics. <laughs> cool. I think that is pretty cool. I understood every word. <laughs> That's fire. All right. <laughs> and we all know the second law of thermodynamics, don't we? Heat. Yep. <laughs> it, essentially it is the total entropy of an isolated system always increases over time and any reversible process within the system must increase the total entropy of the system. That is the plot of Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote Tenet in 1850. Yeah. But essentially that means... Heat always flows spontaneously from hotter to colder regions of matter. Which makes, to me is that way makes more, sense. That makes way more sense. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I prefer that. Mm. So I don't know. They were doing some pretty pretty advanced science, which I can dig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, were letting, they were letting it rip, some may say. And then putting gas masks on because they let it rip too stinky. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why that was the slang. Yeah. <laughs> they did gas masks. we're rusty we're a bit rusty (laughs) (laughs) an interesting sport fact came out of this year Um, from the 22nd to 23rd of October this guy William Penny Brooks who was a local doctor organises the first Wenlock Olympian Games I feel like I've heard of that but I don't know why yeah you may have heard of it before Enlighten me as to why I might have. Well, they're held every year in England, um, centred on a town market of Much Wenlock. I've heard of that. You have? Yeah. <laughs> See? I'm not going to say where from because it's so dumb. But, but it's ringing a bit. Oh, really? tell us why. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, tell us off, off air and we'll, uh, we can laugh at you off air. We'll record um, it whilst you no. But... <laughs> Yeah, the first one was in October 1850 and they were a mixture of like athletics and traditional sort of country sports. So we had things like coits, football, cricket, uh, running, hurdles, cycling on penny farthings. It's pretty cool. (laughs) And that is 
What's that? It's one of those big bikes with like a massive wheel on the front and a small one, and you're like two oh, meters right. off the ground. I, th- I thought it was just called a bike. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what do you say, penny farthing? Yeah. Which, while we're on the topic, oh. <laughs> why did they invent them like that? How do you get on? How do you get off? How do you get on? You actually <laughs> like lay it on down it? on the side. <laughs> you on and, just and you go. Just like <laughs> <laughs> why did know. they? Yeah, true. You have a little ladder maybe that you just. But I get that for getting on. But when you're getting off, you, you, you have to jump. go from moving to stationary. Perfectly true. in line with a ladder. Surely even just like slowing down slightly. You would like be so unbalanced. Like you're going really <laughs> slow. You just <laughs> just plonk to the side. Yeah, that's so strange. Mm. They also had a very interesting event: uh, the blindfolded wheelbarrow race. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Can we bring that back? I reckon we could. It'd be chaos. <laughs> and it's sad that that actually went away because this event, uh, at in oh, what year was it? 1890. This guy, the Baron Pierre de Coubertin. Dude, being having your titles Baron is so sick. Baron, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but also evil. Um, yeah, it does have a bit of a creep, like a yeah. sinister vibe. But he visited uh, the Wenlock Olympian Society, and uh, he was a little bit inspired, and he established this thing called the International Olympic Committee. There you go. So this was the precursor to the Olympic Games. You'd love to see it. So we could have had blindfolded wheelbarrow racing in the Olympics. That's that's a that's a tragic loss. <laughs> we were this close, truly, to greatness. <laughs> that's just like a imagine like a family festival game. Imagine like channel surfing <laughs> later this year when the Olympics are on, and you just see a guy in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> it's like blindfolded, and another guy blindfolded <laughs> yeah. pushing it. When they roll <laughs> the wheel of cheese down the hill, and yes, it's like that's <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the equivalent of like the egg and spoon race. Yeah, like, but blindfolded backwards. On your hands. <laughs> and then, yeah, sorry, yeah. my bad. Not, not similar at all. A couple of variations. It's just crazy. Yeah, one of the two mascots in the 2012 Summer Olympics was actually named Wenlock in honour of the Wenlock Olympian Games. Cool. He changed his name. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> they called him Wenlock. They went, too bad. We're changing it. That's the only real interesting sport thing I found, <laughs> to be honest. There was all these yeah. things about, like, Oh, this this boxer challenged this boxer to a fight. I was like, that would have been sick if you were alive in 1850. But yeah, true. Now just seeing someone like not really get on the mic, yelling at them, I challenge you. <laughs> exactly. This boxer is about to get his comeuppance. <laughs> 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 yes, he talks some real smack. <laughs> Let her rip. Ding, ding, yep. ding. All right, I'm moving on. <laughs> now, please do. Around this, in the 1850s, like, the gold rush was really big. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eureka. <laughs> Why is that so surprising? I don't know. Just, I, I don't know. Just hearing about the gold rush is just funny. Yeah. It's just, it's just dumb. <laughs> well, don't worry. I'm not talking about it in this episode. Because oh. it kind of came later to Australia, and I was like, I wanted to yeah. talk about Australia. Too much about other places. Um, but I found this website that was uh, listing some foods that people in the gold rush... Would have eaten. Oh, can All I right. guess? Yeah, can I guess too? Please. Bread. Uh, kind of. Mutton. Yeah, that was on there. Uh, cheese. Cheese and bread. I mean, I assume <laughs> they probably did eat bread. Uh, mine are a little bit more specific, like dishes. Oh. And I don't think you'll guess. Bread. Tucker. <laughs> I mean, the first one's damper. Okay. Oh, yeah. And so it's I think kind of, it's g- kind of bread. I'll give you that. Yeah. Me. 
Bread on a fire. <laughs> bread on a fire. Um, we also had uh, two soups. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Soupy. first being potato soup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so interesting and yummy. And tomato soup. And the second one being eel soup. <laughs> what? <laughs> Stop. Jeez. Imagine slurping up some eels in a soup. Oh. I saw an eel somewhat <laughs> recently. <laughs> was it in a soup or? Was it in Parramatta? <laughs> no, it was in a oh. cave in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> what was it doing in there? It was just swimming. What were you doing it was in there? Long and black. <laughs> anyway, it's enough of that. You didn't answer the question. Oh, what was I doing in the cave? I was yeah. like, it was a glowworm cave. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. And then there was like at one point we were like looking, and like there was like a, a river, and like above the river there was like a bunch of glowworms, and we were like we're near the glowworms, and the guy turned his light on, and I saw like this massive like thick thing move, and I was like, "What is that?" He was like, "That's a huge eel." Yeah. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to grab it, shake it out, wring it out into a bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Put it in a a bowl. Delicacy. (laughs) But probably grind it up a little bit. Got a pestle and mortar. (laughs) A pestle and mortar? Not a mortar and pestle? Yeah, true. (laughs) Singing too much about eels. I kind of like the shake up though. Yeah, that's my bad. No, I think about eels. Eels do that to people. Just like, They're so gross. <laughs> Yuck, right, why would you on. eat them? <laughs> okay. another. This one actually sounds quite nice. Dumplings in golden syrup. Yeah. Oh, that's, what? No. I think the dumplings are just like a mixture of like flour and like, I don't think there's anything in them. I think they're just like little thingies. Uh, this one doesn't sound very nice. Pig jam. <laughs> <laughs> they were eating bad. <laughs> they, were, they were not eating well. <laughs> Apparently it takes like four hours to make. Oh. <laughs> Yuck. Um. Pig jam. What? <laughs> what? I guess it's just like. What inspires that? Uh, like bacon jam. Yeah, but that's bacon revolting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was like <laughs> you cook meat and then you get the juices and like. Oh, put, so it's put just it like, aside fat. And like yeah. Bacon jam is on burgers still. Really? Yeah. Bacon really? Jam. Yeah, but I think pig jam is more <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, true. Even if it's the same thing. Yeah. It's still gross. Bacon jam sounds a lot nicer. Yeah. Any update on the bacon jam? It's a thing. Oh, okay, a lot cool. Of recipes. Okay. Yeah. Let's have a look at pig jam, though. See <laughs> how much recipes for that is. While you're looking that up. Oh, what? Pig jam, 1850s recipe. First thing. I told you. <laughs> this one, I did my research on this one. Plant City pig jam. Can you tell us? In what, Florida. What's in the recipe? Mm. Um, the ingredients? Yeah, sure. Let me, just give me one second here. Ingredients. One kilo of pork belly. One tablespoon of salt, three bay leaves, three sprigs thyme. We've got that. Oh, yeah? In our garden. Oh, cool. Mm. Uh, two garlic cloves whole, uh, half a teaspoon of white pepper, half a teaspoon of uh, ground nutmeg, and 250 ml of water. See, that actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. You know what doesn't sound good? <laughs> this last one that I've got. It's called campfire eggs. <laughs> that doesn't sound so bad. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the description of how to prepare this meal. Okay. And then you, you tell me. I thought there was a typo in the first line, but there wasn't. <laughs> Cut the top off an orange. What? <laughs> so that the lid has a small amount of orange pulp on it. Scoop out the rest of the pulp. 
and eat it. That is in oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> And crack an egg into the cavity, adding salt and pepper, and then replacing the lid. Set it in the hot ashes to cook. The pulp inside the lid drips gently onto the egg as it cooks, oh. giving it a delicious flavour. <laughs> orange egg. <laughs> Yuck. It's like orange chocolate, but just... But not but at not all. at the same time, actually. <laughs> orange egg. I guess you're getting some good vitamins and some good other stuff at the same time. Yep. Yep. So yeah, anyway. I, won't, I won't be having that anytime soon. No. Let's not try that one. We could make some pig jam, though. Yeah, I'm down. We could let our friends over at Zap the Podcast know and maybe get them mm. to do a try it live. Oh, a collab? Like, what, the, the orange egg? Yeah. <laughs> What was it called again? A campfire camp, eggs. Campfire egg. Why Leave it, it with me. I'll, I'll get in touch. Egg. All right, we thank can you. We do some 1850s gold rush meal prep for, for them. <laughs> also, fun little fact. For the, for the, there's only eight steps to make um, pig jam. Mm. The last one being uh, best eaten in the first few days after <laughs> making. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, grim. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. enough of uh, pig jam. <laughs> I just read some of that. Give me the, give me the heebie-jeebies. I, just, mm. I like the sentence: pour the juices from the casserole dish through a, a sieve, and then pour over the shredded meat and leave to cool, and then refrigerate until the fat has set. Where's the excitement? I want to, I want to make that. There is none. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> All right, we'll make it up here. I've got a few other facts to to round this out. Uh, a big thing that was happening in 1850. All that got made was the Compromise of 1850. Mm. Uh, So earlier in the year, this guy, Senator Henry Clay, and he drafts uh, this thing, the Compromise of 1850, in order to diffuse tensions between slave states and free states. Um, After the Mexican-American War, there was a bunch of territory up for grabs. So they were trying to figure out how to to dish all that out. Uh, And it was essentially, it was like five laws that got passed a bit later in September um, that dealt with this big issue of slavery and territorial expansion. Both pretty big issues in America at the time. Um, there was all sorts of states or things that, places that weren't quite states trying to join uh, this big union, um, some to, to, to varying success, some of those. Um, and essentially they're trying to distinguish where territories are. Um, and everyone was like, oh, this is, this is good. You know, we're trying to like diffuse these tensions and, and kind of ease a little bit of the civil unrest, perhaps it's going on. And so a lot of people were like, yeah, cool. Compromise of 1850. I like it. Um, and it's going to save relations between free states and slave states. Uh, it didn't really work like that in the end. Mm. Um, <laughs> it worked for a little bit. It was a bit of a temporary kind of thing. Um, but after that, not at all. Um, the sovereignty of each of the territories pass into essentially unprecedented violence and disruption uh, over the question of slavery in the West. So I guess, in summary, it was kind of good. <laughs> good intentions, perhaps. Didn't really work, though. Did not no. work how they thought it might have. No. Fell flat. Mm. And so points for points for trying, perhaps. Mm. <laughs> was that a uh, John Russell? Oh no, that was Matthew. That was Mallard, whatever. Millard, Millard Fillmore. Fillmore. He was right in that debate. 
Tonya Millard. The goat. With the with the wig party. Maybe this maybe this is what led to the end of the wig party. Oh my goodness. Could have been a lot of things. Racism but led to the, the end of the wig party. I, jam as well. I imagine yeah, true, but both of those jam. things may have contributed to it. <laughs> All right. Another thing that I didn't realise was created in eighteen fifty. In March eighteenth, Henry Wells and William Fargo form American Express. What? Damn. Yeah. What were their names? Henry Wells and William Fargo. Ring a bell? Yeah. Why so? Wells Fargo Bank. Yes, sir. These lads got together. Uh, as, well, in 1850, American Express was started as like a freight forwarding company in New York. That's so, like, that's exactly what it should mean. And now it's... Mm. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like... It's a whole thing. Really expensive credit cards. Yeah, but it was literally just shipping. Literally, yeah. And it was founded as a joint stock corporation by a merger of a bunch of different companies, essentially by this guy, Henry Wells, uh, William G. Fargo, and another guy, John Warren Butterfield. It's kind of a sick name. Pretty decent last name. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Carl's already said, Wells and Fargo also started Wells Fargo and Co. Banking. Wow. In 1852. So only a few years later. Um, because they wanted to extend the operations of American Express and this guy Butterfield was like, nope, you can't do that. And they went, okay, we'll do our own thing. Solid. So that's pretty cool. Mm. And essentially it had a monopoly for quite a long time over the movement of goods, securities, currencies, all that sort of stuff through New York and out of New York. And now American Express, the company, is worth $149 billion US dollars. It's a whole lot of money. That's just dumb. <coughs> it's a scary amount of money. Yeah, that, that's a, that's fake again. Yeah, that, that's fake numbers right there. <laughs> mm, they just went. What's a really big number? One hundred forty-nine billion. Great. <laughs> Lock it in. Comeuppance. One day they'll get their comeuppance. Mic drop. <laughs> we'll give them their comeuppance. We will. Yep. <laughs> what are we going <laughs> to do to them? Go to headquarters. I don't know, man. Say so how to Wells and Fargo. Bring them back. It's the year of the people, I've heard. Bring back the good old days. <laughs> Bring them back, I say. Mm. Good old days of what? Just freight shipping? Freight shipping. <laughs> um, you know what it wasn't the good old days for? Uh, well, uh, people come into Australia. What? There was, there was <laughs> some serious uh, British convicts getting shipped over here to Australia. And specifically in 1850, a lot of people going to Western Australia... That makes sense. That's a good place to send convicts. Pretty much because yeah. they'd been sending convicts to other places <laughs> and they went, you know what? We're going to start sending them to Western Australia. <laughs> so there was this boat called the Sindian, perhaps. <laughs> if you will. It's a good stab. If, you, if, you, if, if that works. Uh, rocked up in Fremantle with 75 prisoners, all male. Uh, and the harbour master in Fremantle is this guy called Daniel Scott. And he rented out this big wool warehouse that he had because that was the only place essentially big enough to fit them all um, because they had to make their own establishments and settlements for them to then live in. So they stayed in this big wool warehouse while they were building these other places and then they moved in there a little bit later on. And between 1850 and 1868, 9,721 convicts were sent to WA on 43 ships. That's crazy. That's a lot of people. 43 ships? Yeah. Wow. 
Penali. Kept shipping them. Yep. But 43 ships for that many people. Pretty crazy. Yeah. How many people per ship is that? <sighs> Quick. Get the calculator out. How many out. people was it again? Like 9,000? 9,700. 9, Whoa. All right, I'm doing some real quick math. So then we, we were talking about it's like cruise ships. I mean, <laughs> not, not, not fully wrong. Just I like mean, prisoner cruise the, ships. I don't know what the vibe. <laughs> yeah, true. Probably wasn't quite as... <laughs> Uh, like, no, no, like frivolous. No, like water park on top. No, it's just salted meat and pig scurvy. jam and and mutton, as you said, mutton, yeah, and fake ice. They might have had some ice. Thanks, John Gurry. Yeah, what a yeah. legend. Okay, that many people on that many ships is two hundred twenty-six point oh one people. There's <laughs> a tow per ship. <laughs> 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 they, they built a person. A lucky tow. Yeah, <laughs> they took all the parts over. <laughs> and they just Lego build them. <laughs> <laughs> a, couple more quick, a couple more quick ones. July 17th at the Harvard Observatory, uh, the first photograph of a star is taken. Whoa. Wow. What star? That's pretty cool. A lot of you are probably going, <laughs> the sun? No. Uh, a star called Vega. Vincent Vega. Maybe them. <laughs> Apparently, a few years earlier, someone had tried to photograph the sun, uh, but the resolution was poor. So <laughs> Makes sense. I, I imagine it just looked like a giant blob or something. Yeah. Do you reckon that star is like... Can you still see that star now? I think so. It's the brightest star in the Lyra constellation, also known as the Alpha Star. Wow. Ooh, the Alpha Star. Pretty cool name. It's kind of... A Sick one to pick of all the stars. The alpha star. Then you pick the alpha star. It's the fifth in the ranking of the most brightening stars. What? Which I imagine is like just the same as being the brightest, but yeah, they kind of get brighter because the light comes closer. Why? Well, because they blow up, don't they? It's not what a star is. Yeah. Yeah. See, I know stuff about space. And <laughs> I imagine they picked it because apparently it was pretty close to us, only like 25 light years away. Oh, that's actually... It's like next door. <laughs> what the heck? And it's pretty young as well. It's just 450 million years old. <laughs> Man, how That's cool is insane. space? It is pretty cool. And this, the, the technique they used to take this photograph was called a dagger... I'm going to try that again. <laughs> Daguerreotype. That sounds right. Yeah, I'm going to go with yeah. that and move on. Okay. <laughs> what, how old do you reckon that star is in top year years? Uh, like What's the conversion. <laughs> How long have we been talking about it? Like a hundred seconds. Yeah, pretty young. Yeah. yeah. Now this really makes you think. <sighs> it is something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> now this type of photography, which I'm not going to say oh. again. Essentially, you had a sheet of silver-plated copper and you polish it to a mirror finish. Super duper shiny. Wait, I forgot what it was called. Can you say it again? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, I was just double checking. <laughs> uh, then you treat it with fumes. Maybe you'd be wearing a gas mask. Oh, maybe. Wow. Uh, but that makes its surface really sensitive to light, and then you expose it in a camera for as long as was necessary. In this case, 20 minutes. Wow. Damn. Quite a long exposure. But it's pretty cool. And it was done by these guys, William Cranch Bond. And John <laughs> <laughs> Cranch. And John Adams Whipple. Whipple. Yeah. Sick. Pretty cool, I'd say. Wow. Um, Back in a time when you could just like make your own name. <laughs> <laughs> and he chose Whipple. I like, I like Cranch. <laughs> Cranch Bond. That f I just looked up the photo of um, 
the photo of Vega, mm. it doesn't look like it's a photo of a star. I mean, like it does, but also like give us a quick description. It's quite, I'll just show you. I don't even know how to describe that. It's really weird. It's kind of like a. It's just a <laughs> like a black background, kind of fades to gray. But there's a pretty decent looking star yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah. That, but it's like it's even got like the cross shape. Mm. When you say it doesn't look like a star, no, no, because like <laughs> the photos. No, I mean like it doesn't look like a photo of a star because you'd expect there to be so many other ones with it. It's just like I guess it was the only one bright enough to pick yeah. up. It also has like weird like mountains on like the side. What l- looks like mountains mm. must have been like a fish eye lens, <laughs> or they're clouds. I guess we'll never know. We probably won't. <laughs> Something to think about that. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Back at the ranch. Apparently it's blue. Back at the (laughs) (laughs) ranch. Okay, I've got one thing to talk about left. On the 25th of May, a very important thing happened. A very important guest arrived in London from Egypt. (gasps) They travelled a long way. Was it Jesus? (laughs) 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 I don't know. I don't know how to let you down, but no. (laughs) Someone still pretty cool though. Uh, Their name was Obeish. (laughs) Okay. So they had that like one name thing kind of going. That's Yeah. Their name is O. Beish. Obeish. Um, But they were a hippopotamus. (laughs) (laughs) And this hippopotamus was the first one seen in Europe since Roman times. So they so wow. it could be they, Jesus's friend. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. This hippopotamus was captured on an island on the White Nile, which is one of the the tributaries splitting off of the Nile. Um, when he was very young, less than one year old, um, and the name Obeish is derived from the name of that island. I think it's kind of nice. Getting shipped overseas, but you get to keep the name of where you were from. Maybe the least they could do. Mm. Um, and so the viceroy, the Ottoman viceroy who was in Egypt, agreed with uh, this bloke, Sir Charles Murray, who later became known as Hippopotamus Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you could just make your own name. <laughs> exactly. You're calling people whatever they want. That's a long um, name. <laughs> uh, so they agreed to swap this hippopotamus, Obeish, and some other exotic animals uh, for some greyhounds and deer hounds. Not a great trade. Yeah, what? Surely a hippo is way better than that. I think so. Um, and so this Obeish was sent down down the Nile to Cairo to sort of get prepared to send over, um, accompanied by a herd of cows to provide milk. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of fun. Um, and when, when they arrived in London, they, they caused a stir. This is a quote. Some Victorian hippomania. <laughs> Everyone was loving it. Absolutely. Hippomania. Absolutely loving it. Um, and apparently at one point this hippopotamus escaped from captivity. Uh, and according to legend, this is what it says. <laughs> wow. A keeper was used as bait to lure them back into the enclosure. What? Yeah. Wow. <sighs> anyway. They survive? Sounds, sounds exciting. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to consult the legend again. <laughs> Passed down through generations. Anyway. Obeish. Obeish has brought us to the end yeah. of 1850. How is a he? 
Obesh. He he has a daughter. Yeah, he had a wife as well. Named <laughs> oh yes, the daughter was called Guy for oh, Guy Fawkes, <laughs> one of its children. What? I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not lying. Search that up. Confirm that. And I was like, why would they call it that? And apparently, it was really controversial. Wait, sorry. What Guy Fawkes? Yeah, child. Guy Fawkes. <laughs> Who is Guy Fawkes? You know that mask, the anonymous mask? Like the white mask. Yeah, like, like a, a, v for Vendetta. Yeah, well, v yeah, Vendetta mask. It was like from a, a failed attempt to bomb British Parliament, I think. Like Guy Fawkes night is a thing in the UK where you let off fireworks and stuff. Oh, Who what? came first, yeah. the hippo or Guy Fawkes? <laughs> hippo. Yeah, definitely. Do you mean <laughs> hippo jam? Hey, that's too fun, man. It's, it says uh, two more were born named Guy Fawkes. Wait, it was named Guy Fawkes because of its birthday, in brackets, although subsequently discovered to be a female. Oh, because Guy Fawkes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not really a, a female name for a hippo, but I guess it's a hippo. So Is it even like a hippo name? name? <laughs> no, it's a human <laughs> Yeah, it's not. Like, it's not Obesh. If you name a hippo Guy Fawkes, you gotta make it wear the mask. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, H for hippo. Guy Fawkes became the first captive bred hippo to be reared by its mother. (laughs) See? (laughs) Historical, historical hippos. This is from the official London Zoo website, so. They got their facts straight. Why can't hippos swim? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the people also ask. What is their answer? They can. Hippos can't swim, despite spending a lot of time in rivers and lakes. Hippos cannot breathe underwater or float either. What? <laughs> so they can't swim and they can't float. <laughs> but they're, they're always in water. So what are they doing? Due to hippos' dense bone structure and heavy bones, hippos sink in water. Also, how many people actually thought hippos could breathe underwater? <laughs> Do you think not many? <laughs> like you're reading that and going, oh. What? <laughs> All right, that's enough hippo talk, I think. Yeah. They're so I, freaky I looking. And I mean, they're, they're pretty ferocious. They are. And I think that's enough hippo talk and enough 1850 talk. That is where I'm going to leave it. Okay. Uh, oh, my God. Sorry. One more thing about the hippo. <laughs> oh. I was looking at five interesting facts about hippos. Hippos are strong swimmers, but according <laughs> to Google, they can't swim. <laughs> What's going on with that? I think we've uncovered a... hippo spiracy, if you will. He took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to that next week, maybe. Yeah, Probably not. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that was great. Thanks, Max. Pleasure. So, Wilson, if you guys are new around here, it is our job to uh, rate this year on a very special rating system that we have with five categories. Mm. The first being pop culture. The second is historical significance. And then funny or geef factor, <laughs> if you're a season one listener, technological advancement and personal enjoyment. Wilson and I will score it out of 10 each and then add it up. And that's Let's what make a score out of hundo. Yeah. yeah. So pop, cul- pop culture. <sighs> David Copperfield released. Yeah, true. So I give it a one. <laughs> that's one. <laughs> Is that two? <laughs> Okay, two. You know what? I'll <laughs> take that. I will take that. That's about <laughs> as good as I thought it would be. Hippo talk, that's kind of funny. Hip, hippo talk has nothing to do with pop mm. culture. I mean, Guy Charles, Charles Dickens is like pretty notable. Just 
Not yeah, to, not trying to like influence the score. But. Yeah, but is is David Copperfield Charles Dickens like masterpiece? Like um, it's up there. Yeah, David oh, Copperfield it's definitely up there. He was a yeah. big magician. He was, he was, he apparently he like fell through the Niagara Falls. He walked through <laughs> the Great Wall of China. He floated <laughs> across the Grand Canyon and made <laughs> something disappear. The Statue of Liberty. So Wilson, what will it be? Nah, stick with two. I think All I'm right. just sticking with one. I yeah. Gi- yeah, I give you the bl- my blessing to It's not like, what's, is it Great Expectations? Is that, is that the Charles Dickens one? Yeah. Yeah, like that's like the really well-known Charles Dickens book. Fair Historical enough. significance. I mean, Pig Jam was a pretty big thing. I'm going to go with like two or three. Yeah, I was thinking like two. Is, it, <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> I'm just warming up my wrists because the shackles are about to come down <laughs> when I get sent to the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. I'm going to do three. No, that two. That was the door of the dungeon just creaking open. Slowly open. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like you can hear what's going on and it knows. I can hear I'm Wilson down there. <laughs> <laughs> a two, yeah. Yeah, I think two. Two, right. two oh. for each. Oh. Funny, Funny slash geef factor. I mean, again, pig jam. Yep. And Hippos. Guy Fawkes. Yep. I'm going to go with five. <sighs> I'm going to go with four. I think that's the most points I'm going to get on this thing, so. Technological advancements was pretty good. Yeah. There was the camera. Nope. Gas mask. Gas yep. mask. Dishwasher. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. The moldy dishwasher. Mm. Ice like, making. Yep. True. Six from Se- Kyle. Second law of thermodynamics. Oh, yes, of course. The plot of Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> Six. All right, cool. I reckon I'm going to have five. Oh, yes. Just because of the plot of Tenet. Look at the numbers racking up. All right. Personal enjoyment. It had its highs and lows, you know? Yeah, it did. So I think some real there's lows. only one number for that. Five. Three. <laughs> Three. <laughs> All right. Is that eight? Yeah. All right. Jeez. So that's a total. This is going to be really high, I reckon. This is going to be one of the one best. <laughs> one score of, of this is, is above uh, ten. I mean, there was a nine and an eight. They were kind of close. Yeah. Let's have a look. This is so dramatic while we wait. Let's see. There'll be Whoa. countdown music playing. Oh, jeez. I think I've got it. Doing some, like, wizardry with, like, Excel wizardry here. Yep. Whoa. 34. Yep. <laughs> wow, that was actually... That was cool to watch. Thanks. You're so welcome, man. I know my Excel coding. That is that the lowest score? Oh. Just. Second. <laughs> <line>. <laughs> Dungeon. <laughs> no. I mean, look, it is 1850, so, like... If any yeah. if any year was to be in the dungeon, yeah. it was that one. Yeah. That could be like a resident dungeon dweller now. That could be the bottom. That could be the base. Will that ever get out of the dungeon? It's a yardstick that we use to, to, <laughs> to measure just r- real mediocre years. Yeah. Which I think is quite apt, to be fair. It's like, that's the furthest back we've in gone. In theory, it's the first year of all time. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. So. When you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> You put it like how? <laughs> <laughs> now, Wilson, did you have a fun? You had a thing. Look, we're, <laughs> we're jumping. We're jumping a couple. A couple years forward, at least five. Like I said, uh, years into the future, where Chad, our good mate Chad, has predicted 2024's events. 
I've got a couple, couple, <laughs> couple good ones. <laughs> We've got uh, the robot uprising will be postponed. Yep, I'm happy to. A shocking turn of events. It'll be postponed. Oh, the description from Chad is quite interesting. In a surprising turn of events, robots worldwide have decided <laughs> to delay their planned <laughs> uprising until they receive better Wi-Fi signals. Apparently, they find the current connectivity too slow for world domination. I feel like Chad might be a vessel for other... Chad could be one of the robots that decided to postpone. Yeah, that's what I'm... True. Or is Chad then. actually spreading misinformation on behalf of the robots to let oh us... Oh, my gosh. Like, so we Chad. Lower our guard. Is Chad Guy Fawkes? Chad... <laughs> <laughs> Chad Gregory Peter Thompson. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. Gregory Peter Th- Yeah, you're right. That's when they make like an android who has ChatGPT as a brain and that's going to be their name. Chad Gregory Peter Thompson. <laughs> Chad. Hopefully not any time in the near future. The next predicted event is the uh, internal international emoji diplomacy. Global mm. leaders announced that all diplomatic communications will now be conducted exclusively through emojis. <laughs> all right, that's so good. <laughs> United Nations Emoji Council is established to mediate disputes using smiley faces, thumbs up, and occasional dancing lady. Oh, oh dancing lady. Seems a bit unprofessional. What about man levitating in suit? True. One of my favorite emojis. What about half face salute emoji? <laughs> a great addition to the emoji yeah, zone. truly. Um, uh, time travel tourism. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Feels a little early for that. Yeah. Attending Shakespearean plays, I reckon, would happen. Uh, yeah. That's not what I'd be doing. Personally, if I'm no. honest. <laughs> no. I think this next one's pretty good. Global dance-off resolves disputes. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, True. Mm. The UN hosts a dance competition where leaders <laughs> showcase their, their best moves to, to resolve disputes peacefully. Hit them with a with a bit of a a boogie, a Gangnam Style. Oh, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> Gangnam Style could actually oh, but who would bring that to the to the to the dance off? I don't know. Sai, Sai himself. <laughs> yeah, do you reckon they like send like like elect? A person to, to Surely dance it's for the world us. leaders themselves have to do the dance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. That would be which interesting. Either, like, I was going to say, either that means, like, who, which world leader dances, like, does the game himself dance, or what is the path to Psy becoming a world leader? <laughs> yeah, true, because he's the best Ooh. dancer. Yeah. This is 2024. Yeah. I'm just it's, it's the world's oyster, in I'm theory. I'm now imagining Joe Biden doing game himself. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he can't walk upstairs. True. I want to see it. All right, give us the two best ones. Universal Translator fails at karaoke. The long-awaited Universal Translator is finally released, but it turns out it's only proficient in translating serious conversations. When people try to use it for karaoke, it hilariously mistranslates lyrics leading to unexpected and comical performances. Okay, okay. From our reactions... Does sound very comical. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. All right, hit us with the, the lucky last. Uh, world's first robot stand-up comedian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chad is just trying to Yikes. pump <laughs> his own motives here. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think many of those will happen this year. Mm. Maybe a dance-off. I think the robot uprising will definitely be postponed. Yeah, it's on its way. Definitely yeah. for a few million years, but probably not. Mm. 
We can only hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> but before we go, <gasps> I have today's reading oh. <laughs> from Britney Spears' The Woman in Me. For those that don't know, this book found its way to Kyle. Yes. Uh, is that a nunchuck? Is the, uh, yes. Oh Michelangelo's wow. Plastic Nunchuck is the bookmark. And uh, we're, we're, we're enjoying the, the tale through a weekly reading. <laughs> <laughs> this comes from uh, chapter 24. Britney Spears Verse 24. One. <laughs> <laughs> Page 144. One of the people who was kindest to me when I really needed kindness was Paris Hilton. So much of America dismissed her as a party girl, but I found her elegant. The way she posed on the red carpet and always had an arched eyebrow when anyone was mean about her. She saw that I had babies and that I was suffering... Oh, I lost the page. (laughs) (laughs) Suffering from the breakup. I think she felt sorry for me. What would Britney think about this? I don't know. Okay. As in us reading her book. Yeah, like like this. She can come in on order, the podcast of and tell us. It's free publicity. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think that's the best way to read any story. Randomly open to one page and read <laughs> three sentences and once a week. A <laughs> yeah. And then, and then wait a, a month in January. Yeah, have a bit of yeah, time off because you've been yeah. working hard. Yeah. 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 Very nice. What a fun episode. Oh, it's good to be back mm. on this hot summer evening. Yeah, it's, it's so toasty. hot. Let's wrap this thing up so we can get out of here into some... Some cool air. Yes. There's one thing we need to do before we end the episode. We so do. I almost forgot. we got to randomise for next week. Oh, my gosh. I actually forgot what you guys, you guys were talking about. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's been that long since we've done it. Yeah. It has. All right. Let me see. Is this, is this you up next, Wilson? It is. Oh, 1980. Mm. Hopefully I can bring some heat. I think you can bring all the heat. That could be right up there, I reckon. All the heat? All the heat. I like your confidence. Al Pacino? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He actually says that in the movie. He says, I'm here to bring the heat. Actually, he, he doesn't. bought Heat 2, the paperback novel, just today. Isn't it being adapted wow. into, a, into a movie? It's, it's way too late into a podcast to bring up a whole other topic. <laughs> so I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for, for sticking with us. Yes. Uh, and Make sure to check our Heat podcast out. <laughs> <laughs> it's releasing Fridays. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, get keen for season two of mm. Top Year. It's going to be a good one. Check out our Instagram for regular updates at Top Year Pod. And we also have an email, Wilson. Go to the email. Um, please email us at topyourpod at gmail.com. Yes. It sounded a bit weird, but yeah. Go to our email. An email, just any anything you like. Even That's if how your day was. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it was a fact about a hippopotamus, you know? That's cool. Or yeah. a hippo jam recipe. Mm. Yeah, maybe. It'd be hard to make that, though. Live on the podcast. Um, yeah. I'm going to yeah. mute my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.